0: I'm Carrie. And I'm Chrissy. And And we we are are Status Macabre.
1: Recorded live from the Maddie Johnson Podcast Studio at GOT Sound Studio in Columbia, South Carolina. This is Status Macabre.
0: And we're back. Yay! It's so crazy how there's going to be many days in between the last video or the last episode and the one we're recording now, but there was really only like four and a half minutes here in the studio.
2: I know, but don't tell people that.
0: Oh yeah, Jedi Mind Tricks, you didn't hear that at all.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You don't see anything behind the curtain. Behind the curtain. Yeah, no. So I hope everybody had a fantastic week. Um, We did... I think. Was that me? Yeah. Carrie just rung the bell for think, the sake of ringing a <laughs> bell. I think that, I think it,
0: I hit it, but yeah. So if you guys heard a bell, that was supposed to be something really interesting.
2: Yeah. And, um, so I, I have no business other than I have no business. Um, she's got no business. I have no business. Um, no, business. no, I, um, was going to say, so
0: what did we do this week? Um,
2: I had to go to a Clemson for a career fair. That was not fun. Uh, why would you go for a career fair for a kid? Career fair for the company I work for.
0: Oh, I told you that. you had a booth. Yeah, you said we you were up booth. there, but but yeah. Why would you? Oh, you're we're recruiting people.
2: Yeah, engineers.
0: Oh, yeah. Good. So
2: yeah, so for all you I engineers you know, out there, I talked to a bunch of nerds on Friday.
0: I guess that was. Um. By the way, she means that very lovingly. I do. Um. I love. I guess you weren't the. The right place for it, because isn't Clemson like one of the is, better engineering schools around or this area? Or correct.
2: Um, yeah. Clemson is a My fantastic God, engineering no school.
0: Gamecock fans that heard me say that.
2: Go Cocks. Go Tigers.
0: Oh, God. Vomit. Anyway,
2: we're going to get into a fighting match over that one. But why? I am not a Clemson fan.
0: I am not a Carolina fan. I
2: know. We know this about each other. We don't talk about it. So anyway, let's moving right along so um, ladies and gents, uh, this week's episode is about Ed Gein. and um he's always kind of interested me um just because I've don't know a whole lot about him, oh, really i, I mean, I knew what he did, but yeah. I didn't know specifics about him, his personality and and you know, I have to say, I ended up feeling a little bit sorry for him mm. So, but, and and maybe you guys too, will too, when you, when you hear a little bit more about the details of his life. So I'm just going to go ahead and get into it.
0: Let's do it. I'm excited.
2: So, but first I want to ask you, have you ever seen an Alfred Hitchcock movie? Yes. And have you seen Psycho?
0: Long time ago. I was going to say it was a a, a, And I didn't see the newer one. I saw the black and white one.
2: Yeah, I I have um, only seen uh, it once, and it was a long, long time ago.
0: Well, I don't know if black and white one was the. I think it wasn't black and white, but it was, yeah, it was. like when I was younger. Yep, yep, yep. It but, was you know.
2: Yeah, so for those of you, um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Psycho who haven't seen it. Um, it's a story of a woman. Her name's Marion, um, and she's on the run after stealing forty thousand dollars from her employee. I know. <laughs> $40,000 is not a lot, but back in, you know, like the forties, thirties, yeah, fifties, whatever time that was, that was a lot of money. I mean, I,
0: now is it, is it enough money for me to go to chill over? No. Well, <laughs> not at all. Right. I, I yeah. But I'm thinking, what, what could I do? I could do do a lot with 40 grand
2: oh yeah definitely i I
0: could blow it in a minute as well oh my
2: god definitely
0: (laughs) yeah you just try me i will show you how fast i can blow 40 you could probably blow it 30 seconds quicker than i could shit yeah (laughs) i've seen your closet yep yep yep
2: oh well that's a fair statement that is a fair (laughs) statement but anyway so she is um escaping she's trying to escape Um, from having stolen stolen
0: that 40 grand and she's hot ass.
2: Yep. And she stops at a sketch motel in a remote area run by a man um, named Norman Bates. And for those of you who don't know, Norman Bates is a fictional character.
0: Yeah. You know what? Um, I'm glad you said that now after the thought, because thinking about it, our younger listeners, may not not know know. yeah so norman bates
2: is running this sketch motel um he is under the complete control of his mother norma norma was a controlling woman who abused norman and taught him that women are evil except for her Um, (laughs) i mean i I mean maybe she's right i don't know know. (laughs) but she
0: wasn't that far from the truth
2: yeah, so, um, but she brainwashed him to think that he was disgusting and revolting, and just, and that was just because he was a male. Yeah. Um, he was very timid, um, quiet, and you almost immediately see that something isn't quite right with him when, you know, the movie starts. Mm-hmm. But upon meeting Marion, Norman becomes smitten with her and asks her to dinner you can hear him arguing with his mother later in the evening about going to meet Marion for dinner. His mother is livid with him, you know, having offered to have dinner with Marion in the first place, calling Marion evil and dirty. And Norman outright defies his mother's wishes and takes Marion to dinner. So good for him, right? We're thinking, yeah, <laughs> go Norman, go Norman. Well, Norma flies into a rage And ends up stabbing Marion to death
0: while she's in the shower. Wait, wait. wait. So dinner turns into a shower date. I like it. Oh yeah, (laughs) (laughs) dinner, shower, and murder. Hey, that was real quick. Like,
2: right. (laughs) So, (laughs) and in the you know that early, I guess in the nineteenth century, whatever. I don't, you know, that was risque behavior as well, right? Very risque behavior. So you know that scene where it's eat 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 eat. Okay, and I'm I'm making that, you know, hatchet motion. So for those of you who may see us on YouTube, <laughs> you can see that. But um but yeah, that's that's where that uh, um scene comes from. So turns out though that quiet timid Norman does have something wrong with him. Um Indeed. He has a split. (laughs)
0: Indeed. (laughs)
2: Indeed. Um, He has a split personality with one of those personas being Norma, his dead mother. Yes, folks, she's dead. And Norman dresses up like her at night and becomes mother, the insane serial killer who controls Norman's every thought and action. Norman supposedly passes out when he becomes his mother. And after he's killed Marion, he wastes he wakes up um and destroys all the evidence of his mother's bad behavior. So interesting. Yeah. Um to say the least.
0: There's a, a great bit, segue, actually. <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> there's a bit more going on in the movie, but there's, you know, from a character breakdown, you've got a crazy woman who is abusive, controlling, overbearing, domineering, and a bit crazy, and a man whose personality is warped as a result of his mother's abuse. This was, in essence, the life of Edward Theodore Gein, who became known as the Butcher of Plainfield and the Plainfield Ghoul. He and his life are the basis for many horror movies, i.e. the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Silence of the Lambs, and, of course, Psycho. So to have all these movies based on your life, that ought to tell you how uh, fucked up this dude is. Crazy he is. he's, He's... Got some serious stuff going on. Um, so now Eddie, um, was born in 1906. Uh, I
0: will say that yes. when I saw 1906, I had mm-hmm. forgotten how old this was.
2: Oh, this was a long yeah. time ago.
0: I thought it was. Uh, I don't. I didn't think it was in the early 1900s. Yeah,
2: no, it it was early on in the 1900s that Eddie Boy was born. Um, he was born to George Philip Gein and Augusta, Will. I think it's Willmine.
0: Willamine. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Good in
2: uh, La- Augusta. Yeah. I, we're just going to leave it at Augusta. Um, in La Crosse County, Wisconsin. Um, with his older brother, Henry, arriving before him in 1902. It was said that Ed's mother, Augusta, wanted a girl and was very disappointed when Ed was born. But vowed to not let him grow up to be like other men. Like, so...
0: Uh, And if you explain this later, Mm -hmm. it's fine. But why did she hate other men so much? Why? Was she raped as a child? No. The origin of the
2: reason, uh, I guess the origin for her hate of men, uh, it really, and we're going to get into it, but it really stems from her husband. Okay. So okay. 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 So she um, she just did not want um, Edward um, to grow up to be the pieces of shit she felt like most men were. I and mean, that's understandable. I mean, that's
0: fair, though. You right? I mean, <laughs> I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, but, that much hasn't changed from 1906 to 2022. Exactly, exactly. Now, what that
2: means really is to, you know, as far as her – and, her, and and her mindset, we have to really fully understand what Augusta was and mm-hmm. who she was as a person and as a wife and a mother. And personally, I believe that she is the real monster in all of this.
0: Mothers usually
2: are. Yeah. I mean, she would have been one I would have been sitting on Oprah's couch talking about ruined my life yeah. because Augusta, guys, is is fucked up
0: hopefully you wouldn't have turned out like
2: no, yeah. <laughs> <Ed>. <laughs> Look, the right combination but of things. Maybe if she had
0: had her daughter.
2: It, it, eg- exactly. Who knows, right? Exactly. Um, but she, in my opinion, she's the real monster. You guys can make your own decisions. But, you know, it's due to her treatment of Ed that we are telling the story. Um, Augusta was born to a very demonstrative and religious father. And he carried... You know, she carried those same characteristics over into her own marriage. Um, she was one of eight children to German immigrants from Prussia. Now, they left their homeland during the great old Lutheran exodus in the mid 19th century. And I had to look that up, um, you know, and what does that mean to be an old Lutheran? Um, and essentially, that meant she was doctrine, doctrin- I can't doctrinally. Doctrinally. Do- Internally, yes, conservative dissenters from the Lutheran church reform. So, you know, any type of change um, that the Lutherans were wanting to, you know, be more progressive, they were definitely like, no, that's not going to happen.
0: A little diverse in 1906. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah,
2: and I mean, they were just very much staunch in their beliefs, and they lived by that Bible. Yeah, And Lutherans, the main... Um, you know, I look the difference between them and Catholics you know and and Luther'ans believe that anything divine, anything that was ever said done is in that Bible, and that's it, and the Bible preaches you know pure thought pure this all right. of that. it's not in it's not up to interpretation man it's it's there in the Bible, and that is you know the there's golden no gray. message yeah.
0: Got it. So
2: now Augusta was a very handsome woman. Um, if you look her up, she's very handsome. Um, and I say handsome because she was kind of a, she wasn't pretty. Oh, okay. She wasn't beautiful. Um, okay. She was very because handsome. She might, you know, be Arthur. They
0: said, oh, God. we will talk <laughs> about my golden girls. I'm just saying, she was be <laughs> Arthur. They used to say that back then. Yes.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: that's why I was like, that's what, why is you were be, rolling. Yeah, DM I was rolling. Eyes my eyes. like, oh, God,
2: we're. <laughs> Now immersing, we're mercying ourselves. Well, the immersion continues. It, it does, but no, she was very handsome. Um, and she wore the pants in the family. Her husband George was not respected by her, and she rarely, if at all, acted as though she loved him. Um, she was nineteen, and George was twenty-three when they got married. Oh wow! He was reasonably handsome and went to church, and he Mr. was all Mrs. Handsome. Yes. It- <laughs> How did you know? That was their nicknames. No, um, he was also very weak, which Augusta more than likely realized pretty quickly and could no doubt bend him to her will. So, you know, it may have been that she married him for her own agenda, her own reasons, other than love. Um, She was very
0: quickly. I mean, who marries for love anymore? So overrated.
2: I mean, I was going (laughs) to say that, but I didn't know if that would be appropriate. Oh,
0: well. I guess there it is. I'm kidding. No, I,
2: <laughs> I knew that we would start bitching about how what's love got to do with it. What's love got to do with it. Thank you, <laughs> Tina Turner. <laughs> Anytime. Um, she was very quickly. She very quickly became a domestic tyrant laying down the wall, um, and berating George for his laziness,
0: weakness, and lack of ambition, which once again, you, I mean, I, you married <laughs> the man, right? You I'm knew sure what he was, was always happen. lazy, always lacked his ambition. And then all of a sudden, you thought by marrying him, it would change. How's that working for you, Gusta? I mean,
2: maybe she liked it. So in turn, he found comfort in alcohol.
0: I mean, we all find a little comfort in alcohol,
2: don't we? I definitely, (laughs)
0: definitely find comfort in alcohol. I mean, I'm trying to find less comfort in alcohol. I know, I'm trying really hard. It's, It's going all right is it going okay it yeah is. working on it. it's a progress it's a day i was gonna by say baby steps, baby steps baby steps so but you know him him
2: finding comfort in this alcohol resulted in more lashings from augusta so i don't know that it really worked out for him um they slept in separate bedrooms lashings and um <laughs> you liked that word didn't you I did. you got so excited you had to ring the bell um but they slept in separate bedrooms and even you know Then they never had sex. So I could see them going, you know, to the other room and going to their own separate room.
0: She, it's a shame because it would have made life so much much easier. (laughs) easier.
2: Definitely. (laughs) But she just didn't like sex. Um, And at least they didn't have it on a consistent basis. Um, And Augusta, she just didn't like it. I think there's some women that just don't bother me with that shit. I think some, I mean, it's,
0: I mean, it's, it's work, right? Some women are like, I just don't feel like that exercise right now. I don't feel like, I've got plenty of cardio today. I don't. <laughs> Just not feeling
2: it. Not feeling it. <laughs> but um, she knew that obviously sex produced,
0: a, uh, produced children. Well, thank so. God. Could she read? Do we know if she could read? I don't. <laughs> Can no, <Ed> read? <laughs> you know. This is so we're crazy because we're nobody there. understands what the hell we're talking about except the two of us. Uh, so no, well, I don't know. <laughs>
2: Because last episode... I doubt
0: they'll remember seven days between it and they'll be that's like, what fair, the hell's
2: happening? Fair. Go back and listen to the previous episode if you want to get the joke.
0: Listen to <laughs> and, that whole it, hour episode for just this.
2: And I can promise you it's probably not worth <laughs> all of that just for this stupid joke. But anyway, she, she wanted to have kids, bottom line. So she did the deed.
0: She wanted daughters.
2: She wanted daughters more than anything when she was disappointed twice. But Augusta longed for a child, and to her the world was populated with horrible women, and they were all just trashy. And Lacrosse, which is where they you know lived at the time, was full of deprived people and, and depraved people in her head, um, without a hope in the world of being saved. So Augusta's plan was to rectify that problem by ensuring that her children would be perfect. Um, so when Eddie, as he was affectionately known, was born while disappointed, to say the least, she decided she, um, you know, he would not grow up to be like his father.
0: Yeah. He would also not. That definitely was something she managed to accomplish.
2: Oh yeah. He was definitely not like his father <laughs> uh, that we're aware of, but no, uh, uh-uh. um, he would also not be swayed or tempted by evil women. Uh, Eddie would grow up in a household ruled by his mother's, you know, puritanical preachings about the sins of lust and carnal desire, why his father drank his life away. Sounds like a fabulous, (laughs) does it not? It sounds like a a fabulous.
0: Emotional damage. Perfect. You got it. Uh, Yay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it sounds like a great childhood.
2: Um, Eddie and Henry had very little to do with George as his mother constantly belittled him in front of um, his father. And Mm -hmm. they only noticed him when he became drunk and beat them with his leather belt as they needed to put in street. Those were quotes. Um, Still, though, they had very little respect for him and leaned on their mother for their basic needs because there was no affection anywhere to be found anywhere within the Gain house. That's a shame. It is. Um, And and people, if you're not showing your kids affection, you might want to start.
0: Yeah, I mean, don't, you need to make people, it's a basic need. It is. It's like growing a garden. Love, exactly.
2: Yeah, in order for something to grow, you're going to have to nurture it. Functional
0: parent. There's more to being a parent than food, water, clothing, and shelter. Agreed.
2: So in 1913, after George's failed attempt at owning a grocery store, Augusta decided to move the family um, from the evil city that
0: they lived in. Um, <laughs> evil city.
2: Evil, evil. And move them to a farm in Plainfield.
0: Lacrosse. Is that the evil city they were in? Yes. Lacrosse, Wisconsin. Yes. Look, look evil Wisconsinonians or whatever they're called. They
2: have milk and pillows. <laughs> <laughs> So the property included a pretty large white frame home, um, large barn, chicken coop, and equipment shed. The previous owner had built a summer kitchen on one side of the house, and they connected uh, via um, interleading door to the regular kitchen. So all in all, it was a really nice home. Um, but it was very isolated, which was priority number one for Augusta's list of wants when looking for a place to live. She had no desire to interact with the locals who she believed were below her moral standards.
0: Excuse us, right? Augusta. I know. Yes, Augusta. Right?
2: I know. Um, she was very, uh, I, I don't know if she had some schizophrenia or something going on, but yeah, she totally believed everybody in town was just I mean, shitheads. Talk about
0: words hurting. Like, if somebody were to tell me, I hate you, fuck off, that's one thing. But if they were to tell me I'm below their moral standards, they'd yeah. probably get a punch in the face. Oh,
2: definitely, <laughs> like, that's yes. insulting. It is extremely <laughs> insulting, but that's how she looked at it. And, I mean, she treated her kids shitty. Can you imagine how she, you know, oh. Oh, yeah. treated people that she ran into maybe on a regular basis in town? I mean, it's my. I it's, can.
0: I feel like I. I may have a little bit of experience. <laughs> I, I definitely think that I can relate. See how, yeah, and see how yeah. she would treat people. Yeah, shitty.
2: So uh, Augusta um, only went the six miles into town when it was absolutely necessary. She was determined to keep her boys aware. Of, you know, and away from the corrupting influences of the city and the people there. So, however, Augusta's reign could only go so far because she had to enroll the boys in school. They had to have some type of education. education. So, she wasn't willing to give them an education. I mean, she was too busy, though. Education will get you every time. I know. Screwed you up, doesn't it? (laughs) So, (laughs) Eddie, as you can imagine, you know, she didn't have the easiest time in school. While he wasn't dumb, So, he could read. Um, He was very... Thank God. (laughs) He was very quiet. and Doesn't sign with an X. (laughs) He doesn't sign with an X, no. He was uh, described as very sensitive and was notably different than the other children. He wasn't necessarily the target for bullying, but if he did get made fun of, you know, on occasion, it was about this fleshy growth... He yeah, had on the left side of his the, eyelid. The, the
0: disgust in and your face when you're describing that us. is just priceless. <laughs> well, because it's like, and it's I do have funny. this, like, Chrissy, like, you wear your emotions on your face. I <laughs> like, I, I don't know that I've ever met somebody that has a more resting bitch face than you. <laughs> like, I, I don't know that I can maybe at times, but I'm like, Chrissy, am I? <laughs> do I look bitchy today? I mean, but she she's not at all. I'm just saying you have the face at times. It's hilarious.
2: <laughs> well, I can, you know, I'm thinking of this fatty substance yeah, on my eye. And I it just kind of grossed yeah. me out a little bit. It did. <laughs> it did, <so. laughs> did you see it on my face? On oh, my face. <laughs> so anyway, he would turn and break down in tears when somebody would make fun of him of about course. this. Of course. And it would reinforce his mother's lectures, you know, that people were horrible. What a witch. And the world was filled with depravity. So uh, of course, i'm I'm starting to believe my mother knows everything. Mm-hmm. So Eddie was constantly warned about quote unquote, other people and was told not to interact with his peers. So on occasion that he struck up a conversation um, or God forbid, have a relationship outside of school with another kid, Augusta would nip that in the bud real quick, like, as, you know, it began the next day at school, Eddie would ignore this kid. And try not to make eye contact.
0: That's a shame because I can't imagine. I mean, a, a child who doesn't have a, an outlet is ends up like Daniel. Or Norman
2: Bates. Or Ed Gein. <laughs> exactly. See, this is a warning tale, people. Or Ed Kemper. You Ex- guys,
0: please show your children love Thanks. and affection. And let them have another friend. Thank you. So, and don't stab their girlfriends on the first date when they take a shower. Exactly
2: well it's not so much don't let your mom do it but don't let don't, your mom do it yeah right. don't don't do it yourself don't do it yourself don't let your mom do it don't pretend to be your mom to do it there's a whole lot of scenarios there that could
0: just don't do it start creating a list i know just don't do things it. things chrissy and carrie suggest you not do <laughs> do not do <laughs> so eddie becomes uh, you know the boy that was quiet
2: strange and friendless While he was not classified as studious um, in school, he was of average intelligence, and he was a very avid reader, Carrie. He read (laughs) a lot. Um, Early on, he developed a taste for the macabre comic books, like Tales from the Crypt. Mm -hmm. And he also had stories about headhunters and cannibals and Nazi (laughs) atrocities. Look at you. So of course his mother knew nothing of about his fascination for the strange and unusual. Because, you know, she would have been like, I don't think so, Eddie. Get that shit out of my house. Right.
0: The one yeah. thing you enjoy, I will take away from you.
2: Yeah, all the rape and the murder and the macabre. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone forever. It's gone. Should have eaten your vegetables. <laughs> it was the, it was when he was pr- around when he was around puberty um, that he found his mother in the slaughter room gutting a deer that he found himself sexually aroused
0: I don't get that at all like
2: like he needed an outlet you know like sometimes do you ever get to a point where you're like angry and frustrated and you're overwhelmed and the only thing you can think about is sex
0: no really you of all people do not no, I mean it's it's constantly kind of on my brain anyway. Well, yeah. But not not constant. I don't want to sound like you know, it, every minute of the you day. You need an
2: outlet. Like, I've been that way before. It's like, oh, my God, I'm so frustrated. I'm so angry. I'm, I'm, I'm irritated. I'm so mad. Damn it. I'm horny. Like, I know. No, I yeah. It's, like a, that it's an <laughs> overwhelming feeling. And it, I mean, it's I'm not saying that it, it, you act on it or anything. But it's like, holy crap, I could release. I need some kind of release. Uh, I, I don't uh, I don't.
0: I'm going to go with no, but I'll think about it. And now I'm wondering if I'm weird or if you're weird. I know. I was
2: literally <laughs> just thinking, all right, guys, maybe I'm going to erase this part of the podcast. Maybe I'm the one that's strange.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody's judging here. Nobody's judging. Are you sure? I mean, tomorrow, yeah. But today, no.
2: <laughs> I'm looking to see around the studio. Is anyone judging me right now? <laughs> I'm kidding. Anyway, but he did find, uh, you know, himself sexually aroused. I'm. I, let me clarify. I'm not watching dead people and getting aroused.
0: <laughs> Perfect. See, you just fixed it right <laughs> there. So, we, of course, I don't know if it was an act.
2: You know, it, it wasn't yeah. the act itself that turned him on, or was his it just mother the sight? tugging on a body? Right. Or- exactly. Maybe or-
0: he loved his mother so much.
2: That's. I, I didn't. Yeah, I don't know what it was yeah. that attracted him to. You know blood and guts um but it roused him um nonetheless yeah and 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 really this incident is very foreshadowing to his later actions in life so you know just keep that in mind guys um though eddie was not into killing animals himself which as we now know is one of the earliest signs of a serial you know serial killer yeah
0: that was that was definitely one of those things where i was like huh
2: he did not. He did not want to kill any animals, um, and he definitely would not kill cure, kill deer. Um, he was made to hunt rabbits for supper, um, but he didn't enjoy killing defenseless animals. And I think he thought it, they're helpless, so yeah, why would I be killing them? And in fact, he professed that he was sickened by the sight of blood. Mm. Um, meanwhile, back at the farm, like literally, the farm was not cutting it. And regardless of how hard the boys in Augusta worked, there were no crops. The soil was much too sandy and just couldn't sustain growth. So they had to rely on going into town to get provisions, which we all know Augusta does not want to talk to those filthy animals. (laughs) The whole, what was it, six miles into town? Yes, the six miles into town, and nobody wants to talk to those heathens. So George... Having succumbed to full alcoholism. I feel
0: bad for him.
2: I mean, he drank his life away.
0: He was miserable. Well, they were both miserable.
2: Oh, definitely. And if your wife's screaming at you all the time, why not just get drunk so at oh, least you could laugh at her when she
0: does? I thought you were going to say, why not punch her in the face?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely that too.
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> that, I definitely, I, that I concur. Too.
2: Definitely that. But he had succumbed to full alcoholism um, and was of no use. So the boys were tasked with, you know, going... To get whatever the family needed to, to survive for the week. But before going, Augusta warned them that they were to speak to no one unless it was transaction in nature. Um, and to make sure that they stayed away from those awful women with their perfumes and lipstick, because um, they were the spawn of the devil.
0: Stay away from the women with the perfume and lipstick. I mean, yes. Forget all the other stuff. Exactly. <laughs> but and if forget they- the fact that they got boobs. But if they have lipstick on, you divert your eyes. You haul ass. She is the devil. The devil, I tell you. She's the devil.
2: Exactly. And women would lead them um, away from that path of righteousness. Hell yeah, Mary. And (laughs) I'm just telling you, she was very... uh, She felt very strongly about this. it seems
0: like she definitely did. So,
2: So these lectures were given on a daily basis. So imagine being... Kids, teenagers, and you had to listen to this shit on a daily basis. Brainwashed. Oh, 100% brainwashed. Augusta would preach fire and brimstone and always spoke of the depravity of all women. And she would make them promise to remain pure. If their lust became too overpowering, though, because, you know, it's gonna. um, Then the sin of Onan, which I had to look up, um, was... Preferable to fornication. And basically, Onan had masturbated and spilled his seed. And
0: I shall not say anything.
2: I mean, you can masturbate all you want, I guess, but just don't do it with somebody else.
0: (laughs) Don't Google that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That I don't know. It depends on what you're into. Google it if you want. (laughs) But anyway, so... Of course, they had to promise that they were not going to be unpure. Um, And so off they would go. And it seems that these lectures worked because Henry nor Eddie would ever court a woman, much less marry them. Um, Henry, though, did see the hold Augusta had over his brother and felt like it was extremely unhealthy. Um, but the concern fell on deaf ears as Augusta felt that Eddie was her only chance to raise a pure male who worshipped her and only her. It's, it's sickening. It is it, sickening.
0: It is, it's very it's a gross. creepy mother-son relationship. Mm. Like, there was probably more that was well, going it, on there. Well, it's funny
2: that you should say that. I because, mean, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's funny you should say that because, yeah, there were speculations that um, she... There was probably some incest.
0: I... Going I one hundred percent believe it. Like that's the one thing that you've said so far that does not shock me.
2: Yeah, and I mean whether it was, you know, in the psycho movies or even in in any of these movies where these kids are, <laughs> they have this demonstrative mother mother who is, you know, abusing them from a mental standpoint. You know, they're washing their. Mm -hmm. dicks saying you know this is bad and so you know you you see that in movies and it's and
0: it does happen
2: I was gonna say it had to have come from somewhere and my guess is that it's probably from some case somewhere out there and I would not doubt that that happened in this situation Agree.
0: so it's it's pretty sickening
2: it well it's yeah it's gross but um so Augusta's control over Eddie was just so strong that you know he felt his mother was a saint and he would tell that to anybody who would listen that his mother was a saint. So let's fast forward to 1937. Eddie is in his 30s and he's helping out on the farm. Um, He made it through 16 years of school but still under his mother's control so he stays on the farm living in his parents house. Um, His father is struggling with his health and his Alcohol addiction, you know, is taking a toll on his body. Yeah, George at this point is useless. And the Gein family is just tired of dealing with him. And Augusta routinely tells him he's better off dead. And on April's fool's day, uh, Augusta got her wish. George, George dies of a massive heart attack. So of course, no love lost there. It was no love lost uh, (laughs) for the remainder of the Gein family. Um, They go about their daily lives and daily routine. If anything, the death of George made it much easier because they didn't have to take care of the old man. Um, But in 1942, a new threat would emerge. So war has been raging in Europe for four years, and now the U.S. has entered the conflict. That meant Eddie was in the window for the draft. All right.
0: I'm assuming his brother was, too. Right.
2: So his brother was a little bit older than him. Remember, yeah. he was uh, born in 1902. Eddie was 1906. There was a four year difference. So Eddie's in his 30s. And I think the draft cut off. Cut him off. Right before um,
0: Got it. he could have entered.
2: So um, his brother was safe. Of course, Eddie was not. Eddie was not. So he had to um, travel um, to um, get a screening. So a health screening all the way to Milwaukee. So it was 136 miles away from his home, and the furthest that Ed had ever been away from his mother. Aw, I know it's sad. Well, he makes the trip only to be told that he was not deemed um, as sir- service worthy. And
0: <laughs> what he say? Like, like, you're not
2: deemed worthy. No, get the Take fuck out. your ass home. Yeah, get out. Get out. Thanks for playing. Well, I mean, he. It, Here's a coke. Yeah, well, it was because <laughs> have a coke.
0: Coke will make everything better. Exactly. I don't
2: know. <laughs> no, so he um, he was not accepted um, by the military because of that fatty mess on the side of his eyeball. I don't know if they felt like that would get in the way of shooting. I don't. I don't know. Maybe it came out at night. Maybe that's the the reason for all of this. Maybe, I mean, it, was,
0: maybe it was. Maybe it actually was another head and it was telling him what to do during the day. Maybe that's what he said. hey guess what yeah what is this Um, well it tells me what to do during the day that's my mother yeah Yeah. (laughs) this This is is augusta (laughs) (laughs)
2: jinx (laughs) so so yeah he he's found not worthy of service and was sent back home to his mother upon return of his regular farming chores ed starts handling odd jobs um, around town to earn extra money to help the family survive since it was not long ago discovered that, you know, the soil is not going to produce any type of crops. Right. <laughs> so, um, he's got some odd jobs going on and one of those
0: was babysitting. That's hard to believe. Oh. I mean, I I understand this what you're saying, but my brain is like the gears are grinding right now when I, you're like, Oh, there was this. Coming to killer. a halt. Yeah. Who actually was a babysitter?
2: He was a top-notch. To a halt, <laughs> he exactly. was he was a top-notch babysitter Top at that. Notch. <laughs> yep. he was fantastic with the kids and popular with their parents as he was always very polite and shy. The kids loved him, and he seemed to have a real rapport with them, more so than he had with people his own age, which is interesting. Um, he was not considered ignorant. Um, he had a decent IQ, and he. I mean, he was considered average intelligent. So, but for some reason he got along with younger people, um, and yeah. maybe because he was always made to feel like a child by his mother. I don't know. I'm just speculating. Yeah. Um, he was especially skilled, um, storyteller and would have full, he'd have full attention of these kids, um, telling them creepy tales of South sea cannibals and headhunters. He was obsessed with that subject. Um, Henry also helped with outside work to help the family monetarily although Henry was very outgoing um, and spoke with people around town unlike Eddie. Um, Henry didn't buy into his mother's bullshit about you know teachings and would often say, that, think, say things to Eddie um, hoping to get through to him that his mother wasn't She wasn't always right and she's not right in the head. Exactly. But Ed would challenge Henry about his disrespectful comments about Augusta to which Henry would end up having to reinforce to Ed that he did love Augusta very much, which would make Ed feel better. And Henry to Ed was this role model and became very agitated and upset when Henry talked trash about their mother. Um, Augusta was everything to Eddie. And while he loved Henry, if it were ever to come down to a choice between Augusta and his older brother, there would only be one winner. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, we, we know it would have been Mama. Right. So this brings us to Henry and his unexpected death in nineteen forty four at just at the age of, of just forty three. It was a spring day in May. Dun 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 dun. I know I should have done the dun, 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 dun. Thanks for filling in. Um, it was a spring day in May that both Henry and Ed were fighting um, a runaway brush fire on the Gain property. There's no information as to how or why the fire started and got out of control, but most seem to think it started accidentally. Personally, I think it was just them starting to um, burn off the dry grass. Um, but I'm not a farmer so i mean that's only what i would do if i had a lot of land right um but either way a strong wind took the fire and it blew it down the field into a large patch of pines and now mind you it's it's may it's probably midwest so i don't know how much they rain they get out there so it's probably really
0: dry very dry
2: <clears throat> so the brothers, seeing it was out of control, decided to break up their firefighting efforts and attack it from both ankles. But by this time, the smoke was so thick that Ed lost sight of his brother. And Ed, though, continued to fight the fire until eventually he gained the upper hand. He could see also from the other side of the field that Henry appeared to have gained control of the fire from his end as well. So calling for Henry... Ed made his way to the other side of the field as it grew darker, but Henry wasn't answering. Ed, thinking Henry made it back to the farmhouse, went to see if he could find him, but there was no Henry. So at this point, Ed is getting concerned and runs back to the field looking for Henry, but cannot find him. He eventually, after about an hour, decided to recruit help from the neighbor's. In his search uh, his neighbor the johnsons enlisted the help of the sheriff and soon there was just a big search party form yeah. looking for henry back at the field henry or excuse me eddie urged the men to follow him and within minutes he led the party to the place where henry was laying on the That's ground
0: sketchy.
2: dead so this was a bit concerning since eddie had told the sheriff and search party that he'd been looking for Henry for over an hour. How did he know exactly yeah. where to lead the party?
0: That's a very interesting I'm going to go ahead and say it's kind of a tough one but mm-hmm. I'm gonna say he probably killed his wife. You think so? Just, you think you know, so? That was a that was a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> Took a little bit of brain power but I'm glad I like that that's what I'm happened. I'm so
2: glad that you were able to come to that conclusion.
0: Um you know in case you lost the listeners there. Just yes. was, wanted to help them out.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your graciousness. <laughs> well, in addition, the crime scene itself brought up more questions. The patch of ground where Henry was lying was scorched black. Yet, Henry didn't appear to have a burn on him.
0: Well, Are they proving my point?
2: Exactly. And the only marks on him appeared to be an array of weird bruises on his head, which looked like they may have been inflicted by someone wielding a shovel. I don't know, but the medical examiner would need to ultimately determine if the cause of death was suspicious, and the only question that Sheriff could ask Ed at this point was how he knew where to lead the search party, to which Ed's only reply was, quote, funny how that works, end quote. <laughs> so, it was an autopsy. Oh, Ed. I know, you crazy <laughs> you son crazy, of a gun. You <laughs> He's so crazy. (laughs) Well, it was the autopsy that called off the sheriff's dogs on any suspicion or speculation that Eddie had anything to do with Henry's death. It was determined that the cause of death was asphyxiation, and the bruises on Henry's head was likely the cause of having struck his head on a rock where he collapsed after being overcome by smoke inhalation. But what's odd here is that there were no oh wait, none of this was odd yeah <laughs> we're just well, getting to the odd stuff the, what was the really 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 <laughs> odd thing <laughs> Love was, it was that there were no rocks anywhere near the crime scene <laughs> so how in the hell could he have acquired a head in an in injury I, by a rock falling i'm
0: foreshadowing here oh, and please. i'm gonna say he didn't get arrested for this and i can't imagine why
2: um, you would be correct in the fact that he was not ar- arrested at all.
0: That, again, shitty, shoddy police work. Where was he at? Was he in Pueblo or in Pueblo. Cheyenne County, Colorado?
2: No, they were in Plainfield, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Eating God. some cheese. Um, nevertheless, Henry was laid to rest without any additional questioning from the sheriff, the shitty sheriff. If Eddie was upset by his brother's passing, he sure didn't show it. Um, in public, he continued to wear his sideways little smile and shrug as if um, to say it's done I mean. and it can't be undone. So I I think, you know, it. Very, I mean, it could have been a coincidence, mm-hmm. but... I'm calling bullshit. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Um, it was only a short time later that the next misfortune in the Gein family would occur. And this time, Eddie would not be so reserved about his feelings. It was a few months later, um, after Henry's death, that Augusta started complaining that she didn't feel well. And Ed knew it was serious when Augusta, who would not leave the farm unless for, you know of an extreme circumstance, insisted that she be taken to the doctor. She was taken to a nearby hospital in the town of Wild Rose. There, Eddie was told that his mother had suffered a stroke and she'd have to stay there for a while. Eddie became a permanent fixture around the hospital, spending as much visitation time as was allowed. And when he wasn't, he sat many hours in the waiting room. So he was either really bored, Mm -hmm. brainwashed, or in love with his mother. Maybe it was all of those. I don't know.
0: I think it was the last two.
2: Because there is nothing worse than sitting in a damn waiting room. Let me tell you what I wouldn't do. Sit in a waiting room?
0: I mean, for, like if it was my kid, oh yeah, that'd be different. But my mom, nah man, I'll see you in visiting hours. Are I know. Just let me know when you get out. I mean, if, if she was okay, like if, if it was terrible, like, you know, she's, she's not going to make it kind of thing or we don't know. Would you
2: really be sitting in the waiting room though?
0: I, I, yeah. If, if it was bad, I would. I mean but that didn't seem like it. She had a stroke, and that's terrible. But she's yeah. she was gonna be okay. I yeah. wouldn't be there for that like that. No,
2: I sure as hell wouldn't be sitting in the waiting room. I feel like I've said that several times. Yeah, if you go to the uh, hospital, I don't know if
0: you guys heard this or not, <laughs> but uh, I don't, don't care news. who the fuck you were. Chris not gonna be in the waiting room. That's right. Good luck. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> so
2: eventually, Augusta was discharged, and Ed was allowed to take her back. Home to the farm where he put her to bed and waited on her hand and foot. I mean, I don't think we knew she would do any
0: different. Or let he me also tell different. you who wouldn't do that. Charles and Chandler would not do that for me. Oh, I, I
2: was going to say, my kids are not waiting on I mean, me
0: hand and foot. One, they'd they, they'd call. Are, are you really okay? Do I need? Are you okay, mom? Do let I need me, to come up there? Let me call you some DoorDash. God. Yep. Fine, I'm coming. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, could you see Chandler? Not, not Charles, but Chandler. Oh, hell no. Exactly. No. You and Chandler would be like, let's go get a beer. I'm done. I I'm know. Peace <laughs> out.
2: Hey, you have my number. Text <laughs> me. And if you need to use your chin to dial, just do that too. You can do <laughs> have that. Have the
0: nurse text me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> just have him call me direct. Call me direct. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. We're assholes. We are. But uh, so uh, Augusta, surprisingly, according to Ed, uh, never complains, and she provides him with a list of instructions on how to care for her, like you do. <laughs> let me write. Let me write down the instructions, like you do. One of those tasks was for him to sit with her in the evening, reading from the Bible by lamplight.
0: You know what? If my kids were so gullible, I'd have like a laundry list of things that I wanted them to do every single day.
2: Oh God, yes. Which you think? Think about the shit we not get done. Our kids wrong.
0: Maybe that's the best <laughs> We need to be like more like Augusta. Right. So This uh, handsome German woman. A handsome German. I did um look her up and I think handsome is just a stretch.
2: I mean she's not hideous. She's She looks well, grandmotherly.
0: She looked like her like you could drive a Mack truck between her eyes. Like her oh, eyes yeah. were really <laughs> But they twinkled, don't you think? A little bit. They twinkled a little bit. I mean in a Shrek sort of way, I guess they did. Shrek. <laughs> That's what I thought when I saw her face. I was like just some green tint. Somebody somebody thought of Shrek in the early 1900s like that's what she looked Maybe like. Maybe that movie's based off of her. Yes. You don't know. We're solving all the world's problems. God, I feel. Uh, we're on a roll. <laughs> so
2: Eddie's reading the Bible by lamplight. Um he's, you know, he loved taking care of his mother. Um and and for the woman he loved above all else and was rather disappointed when after being in bed for just a month Augusta indicated that she was well enough to be on her feet again. So God gave Augusta an extra six months, but decided that was enough. So on December 29th of nineteen forty five, Augusta suffered another stroke and was rushed back to Wild Rose Hospital.
0: I mean, and and I don't know, like maybe that's an oxymoron saying in nineteen whatever they she was rushed. To I mean, the they wild, went as far wild as Wild could. Rose. They, they
2: went as fast as they could. I
0: mean, they had well, to have an ambulance. But coach and, and, and it's horse. There's a car. But they're in Wisconsin, like I mean I don't know. Maybe they got a fat ass insurance policy whenever uh George. George yeah, George. Whenever he croaked.
2: Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, they had cars. Mm, okay. So I don't know. But yeah, I mean, she was rushed as fast as his little legs could take him. <laughs> so <laughs> she's so heavy yeah i know <laughs> this handsome woman of mine
0: handsome mama
2: <laughs> that's it guys we're making shirts and they're saying handsome mama because i'm sorry that is awesome
1: yeah buddy.
2: <laughs> well anyway so they're you can't at the take hospital. us anywhere
0: we've got all these buttons i know and right you're gonna hear I, I, every single one of them i feel today. handsy today
2: too <laughs> But um, so she dies. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Um, she's dead of a um, stroke. And the next day, um, she had brain hemorrhaging. So mm-hmm. she, she's dead. So for Ed, the world I- is no longer the same. Yeah, He lost the woman who, who has been the center of his universe for 39 years. And he just didn't know what to do. He's, he's upset. So, to say Ed was distraught would be just a massive understatement. Um, He was so destroyed that he became consumed by the loss of his mother. Um, At Augusta's very sparsely attended funeral, Ed wailed so loudly that he drowned out the minister presiding over the service. I
0: mean, it may... Clearly, <laughs> I not hear you. What <laughs> I'm sorry, clearly what? the death of his mother is was was a huge impact in it and oh, a God, very yeah, bad loss for him. But mm-hmm. also too, he's alone.
2: Oh, I think that's probably why he was crying. I mean, like he didn't know what the hell to do. Literally
0: alone. Literally.
2: Well, and I think she told him right from wrong when you know, what to do, how to do it when she, to jump how high
0: to jump and it's bad it's sad because he's not independent no exactly I mean, he's about to be he's, but he's not yeah well he shouldn't have been so. right right
2: um so later at the at the cemetery he stood with tears and snot running down his face at this at the casket was lowered to the ground so he's <laughs> he's like ugly crying like he's ugly crying yeah in his head he was lost and didn't think he'd be able to bear the weight of his own sorrow um because he was just that upset but he did eventually uh, he started doing odd jobs again around town uh, to the outsider ed looked as if nothing changed with him after his mother's death he was still very awkward spoke uh, very softly and had the same lopsided grin um, as he always had and he was there for anyone who needed a favor But in truth, the man was a mess. His physical appearance was beginning to deteriorate. Um, Not that he was ever that well put together, but you could tell he was just looking ragged. Um, And the farmhouse itself was looking a little more shabby than it was before. Weeds now covered the once tidy front yard, uh, growing between rusty farm equipment, and the porch roof was now sagging. Uh, Paint was peeling from the walls. Uh, Woodlands were reclaiming the fields where once they did their best to grow non existent crops, but you know, they gave their best effort. And um, Ed had sold the few cows that they had owned. So, really, it's not a farm anymore. Yeah. In reality, Ed didn't give a two shit sense about that farm Um, and really. Didn't need it to two survive. You like
0: that? I I do like I don't, it. No, I'm
2: not sure how that and that's what a, that means. That's
0: TSC. I like it. Mm-hmm.
2: Two, two shit since. I guess if you shit since, I, I wouldn't give two. I wouldn't <laughs> so, give two. So. But yeah, he just, he didn't need the farm to survive. Right. Um. He had very few needs and he was doing plenty of odd job work uh, for his neighbors and the people around town. He was a hard worker, so he was never without employment. Local farmers' wives seemed to take pity on Ed, too, and just would provide him some home-cooked meals and a batch well, of cookies. often nice of them. Did they yeah. live? Yes, they did, okay. for the most part. Yeah. As for his life away from work, Ed had zilch. He had none. Um, he was very um, definition of a lonely bachelor who went home to a sad, dilapidated farmhouse each night to do God only knows what by himself. And that, my friends... <laughs> Is worthy of that (laughs) noise. The men in town also, um, while they appreciated Ed's agreeableness and willing to help out anyone who needed assistance, thought he was odd as hell. Odd. um, So very odd. (laughs) That Ed just wouldn't say a whole lot in conversations with the guys, unless, of course, it had to do with Nazi stories or something very macabre. Um, He talks a lot about um, how English body snatchers in the 19th century would dig up corpses, sold them to medical researchers, and how one particular group of depraved English aristocrats exhumed the bodies of recently deceased women for what Ed described as, quote, unquote, indecent purposes. Now, I don't know if he was reading a book and he was like, hey, let me try all this, because this was literally like a story... (laughs) out of his own playbook. Um, he enjoyed sharing one story in particular about um, else. I think the name is Elsie Noak, um, also known as the bitch of Buckenwald, who made lamb shades and other artifacts from the skin of murder concentration camp inmates. Mm. And Ed would share these stories with like really great enthusiasm, you know, moving his hands around and he's just so very excited um, and he became very winded while
0: telling them, kind of like us when we when we talk about. Oh my god! Oh my
2: god! Serial yes. killer. Yes, and we're waving our hands and we're all excited. All kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, Ed would stop by and visit often with a lady named Mary Hogan, um, and she owned a tavern in the neighboring town of Pine Grove. And this was very strange because one, Eddie was not a drinker. Uh, Which makes sense because, you know, his father was an alcoholic and his mother thought that beer, liquor, whiskey came came from from the devil, came from the bowels of hell. That is correct. And if he really wanted a drink, um, there were many other options to stop for a drink in Plainfield rather than going seven miles you know, away to Pine Grove. A
0: whole seven miles. A whole
2: seven I mean, come on now. When you're walking Eddie's little legs, that's a long way. Oh, he walked. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> I was, I was just making an the excuse. they had cars. <laughs> well, it was the 40s. <laughs> there was nothing special about Mary Hogan's tavern though. Um, it was a concrete bunker topped with an iron roof, um, and run by a very abrasive woman with a very questionable reputa- well, reputation. Well,
0: there it is. Yeah.
2: It seemed, though, that Ed had another reason, um, other than nursing a single beer for hours, to visit the tavern. He seemed to be captivated by this tavern owner. Mary Hogan was a stoutly billed. Um, she was middle-aged woman with a German accent. She rarely spoke a full sentence without throwing cuss words into her her sentences, but Ed didn't seem to care. To him, Mary was the mirror image of his saintly mother, and I guess more physical wise, obviously, because I doubt Augusta ever said a bad word. I'm just guessing. Yeah. Ed would spend hours in the tavern nursing that single beer, watching Mary very intently, um, and it was very clear that this woman who so clearly resembled his mother had some sort of hold over him. So it's the late 1940s and over a 10-year period where there's a rash of mysterious disappearances in central Wisconsin going on. It began with the disappearance of eight-year-old Georgia Weckler, who in 1947 attended grade school in Jefferson, Wisconsin. A mother gave her a ride, or a neighbor um, gave her a ride home from school and dropped her off at her driveway, but she was never, ever... Made it inside um, the house. The only clues were the tire tracks found near where she was dropped off. So there's who knows where the she unsolved went. Unsolved ones just yes. kill me. Yep. Nobody knows where this poor girl went. The next disappearance was in 1953 of a 15 year old girl named Evelyn Hartley. She just dis- disappeared while babysitting, um, of all things. When her father became worried because she generally would call. Um, In the evening, he went knocking at the door of the people she was supposed to be babysitting for. There was no answer. So her father found an open window and crawled through the basement and found the baby she was watching. Um, He seemed to be fine. But there were blood splatters and a clear sign of a struggle. The blood was tracked all through the backyard and there was a bloody handprint on the neighboring house. Police surmised that the intruder gained access through the basement, just as her father had, and overpowered Evelyn and dragged her away. She was never found or heard from again. Mm. Both disappearances were hundreds of miles away. So maybe a little bit over a hundred. So I won't say hundreds, but they were hundreds, a hundred plus miles away from Plainfield and they were... both of children, Um, so there was no evidence um, that they had been even abducted by the same person. But the next three people to turn up missing followed a different set of similarities. First, there was Victor Travis and Ray Burgess, who were a couple of deer hunters that ventured into the woods after a few too many drinks and never seen again. Then there was Ed's crush, Mary Hogan, the owner of the tavern. On the afternoon of Wednesday, December 8th in 1954, a farmer named Seymour Lester decided to stop by Hogan's Tavern for a quick drink. To his surprise, though, the place was empty and in an unusual state of affairs. For starters, the place wasn't locked up, and just when Seymour was about to leave, he spotted a pool of blood behind the bar counter. This caused Seymour to haul butt immediately and get the sheriff. (laughs) So we have Sheriff Howard arriving at the scene, and it becomes very clear to him that Mary Hogan had met with foul play. The blood on the floor was streaked as though someone had dragged her body through, through it and towards the door and then out into the parking lot. They also spot a 22 caliber shell, which led the sheriff to believe that Mary had been shot. So the real question on everyone's mind in the community was why? It didn't appear to be a robbery as there was cash left in the register and the register was still there.
0: I mean, if you're going to kill somebody, take the damn cash. Thank you. You might as
2: well. I mean, I don't understand. I mean, I feel
0: like, all right, It's right, they're both illegal, but one of them is a lesser crime, right? I was going <laughs> to say,
2: but you've killed somebody at this point. What does it matter that you've taken right. the money?
0: Who cares? Right.
2: That's going to be a small you know, price to pay when they find out you stole the money. No one's going to care.
0: There wasn't money in it to begin with. Prove it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I dare you to prove it.
2: Why would somebody come in, though, and kill Mary and drag her outside? Where did they go? What was the reason? Sadly, these questions remained unanswered, as did the whereabouts of Mary. Um, You know, searchers were conducted um, in the fields and all over, but just like Georgia, uh, Weckler and Evelyn Hartley, Victor
0: Travis and Ray Burgess. So, Mary just
2: simply disappeared.
0: So my five right now, we got five people who just... They be gone. Gone. They gone. And we are pretty sure based on that some of these met their end because of blood, gun shells, gunshot shells or whatever.
2: Yep. Yes. Well, now we don't know about the two younger... Well, we know one of the younger girls... Uh, but yeah. we don't know if the same person committed all of these crimes. Right. But there was a rash, but don't we? I know. I, <laughs> I no, I get know. it. But
0: I, I was just, I wanted to understand the count now because if I'm to assume that mm-hmm. these were his victims, well,
2: it, it's it's
0: it, it's anyone's guess right uh, it's now. Anyone's guess, yeah, right? We'll see, oh. we don't know how this is gonna go.
2: We don't know how this is gonna play out. Well, Mary's whereabouts would be the talk of Plainfield for years to come and no one was more fascinated by her disappearance than guess who Eddie Gein,
0: Eddie. Yeah. Good it, old Eddie.
2: It, good old Eddie. Ed. <laughs> Ed. Ed. um, in fact, he developed a very strange sense of humor about her disappearance. Everyone at the tavern saw him staring at Mary. Um, and they all figured he had a crush on her. So after Mary vanished, people started to tease Ed and say that if he had had the courage to ask Mary out, she'd be at Ed's farmhouse cooking dinner rather than missing. Ed's response was always, quote, but she's not missing. She's down at the house right now, end quote. (laughs) Little did they know. There goes Eddie again, making them jokes. Of course, everyone thought this was just Ed's weird way of joking, after um, after all, it was Eddie Keen. Uh, another time, he told folks he loaded Mary into his pickup and drove her home. He was such a weirdo, and probably just a few cards short of a deck that everybody was like, "Yeah, that's just Eddie. He's just a joking." Because, again, Ed Gein could not or would not ever hurt anyone. Um, they just knew him as the weird townsman yeah. and helped everybody out. Which
0: is the one you got to watch out exactly.
2: for. Exactly. Right. So around the same time, it was rumored that Ed had a collection of shrunken heads in his house. So, you know, those little shrunken heads. I don't, now yeah, I've
0: seen like, I don't know that I've, I mean, I don't think I've ever had seen one like. In not a me. real.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think I've seen them in the museum. I don't know. But they're all creepy looking. I'll give you that.
0: That yeah, they are.
2: A local teenage boy who was friends with Ed had said he swore he saw the collection in his house. Some other kids, um, having heard about this, swore they saw the collection, too, after sneaking into Ed's farmhouse and breaking in. So it's what the boys didn't find in the house that would have probably sent them screaming for the hills. Remember that scene from Silence of the Lambs where Buffalo Bill is sewing that skin suit together? Yes. Well, that was factually based on Ed's own later confession that sometimes when there was a full moon, he would put on this uh, old skin suit um, that made him look like a rotting corpse of an elderly woman um, and walk around in his front yard in the overgrown weeds uh, like a ghoul. Wow. Was, was the skin real now wow we'll soon find out so this is where I'm gonna stop only because um we got a lot more to go it's a little it's a little much needed to break it up in two
0: well and then it's you know um our listeners are probably gonna hate you because they're super invested now and you're yep. like eh,
2: I psych. cut you off Next time. well I got you know you guys gotta stay on the edge of your seat for a week Again, um, see, it'll, it'll keep him coming back. Exactly. That was my plan. It's part of my master plan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. Well, and so you're doing Ed Gein. Yep. And my next podcast Ooh. will be Ed Kemper. Ooh, I've always,
2: I love Ed Kemper.
0: Let me tell you, I, man. He's a little creep. He's a big creep. He's a big creep. Yeah, Dude little cool. is not I was gonna say little's probably not <laughs> the
2: the right adjective.
0: One of the things, and I don't I never noticed it while I was listening to other true crime podcasts mm-hmm. or even watching anything yeah. about true crime. Yep. Now that I'm doing research and, you know, we're talking through it. Yeah. There really are so many similarities.
2: Oh, definitely. it, it and it's it's funny because you often wonder if like they have their own uh I, I don't know if they're what's the word i'm looking for you know they're like ooh i look up to uh ed gein so i'm going to do a little bit of an ed geiner yeah yeah <laughs> he was like ooh that's my i don't know that's the person i look up to
0: i mean i can be for me personally yeah i can be completely fascinated with something that somebody did even yeah. though it was completely wrong and illegal and oh yeah I want to understand why the whys, it's why, the who yeah. what when where yeah um but and and some of these maybe not Gein but Kemper yeah. and our listeners will understand this a little bit more mm-hmm. man just a lot of people liked him as a as a guy I mean as an individual when he wasn't well, yeah. Chopping people's people's heads off. Exactly. Fucking their faces.
2: Did you just say fucking yeah, their do. face? Do. Hmm. That's funny. You can use that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so in that means said on that note. All right, guys. I hope you have a wonderful week. Um, I hope that you stay tuned. Um, download our other episodes if you wanna yeah. you you want some Some other stuff to listen to.
0: Yep, you Um, guys,
2: feel free to give us some suggestions. Absolutely, we love suggestions. It's always fun to research stuff that we may not know a whole lot about. But I I do
0: want to say, let's keep it clean. We got a couple (laughs) messages last week where I was like... Yeah, I don't know know what happened.
2: I don't know what happened. But, I mean, I know we cuss like sailors.
0: But... There's a few words we don't say. I mean, we... You yeah. don't say those words.
2: Yeah, there's been a lot of weirdness going on lately, and I don't know if it was a full moon or what, but yeah, last, week message, or last week's messages
0: were Man. a little offensive, guys. Let's be nice. Be nice. Be nice. All right. Don't like, well, I've, I've said this before. Don't at me, okay? Yeah, don't at me. I like that one. <laughs> All
2: right. All right, guys. Have a great week.
0: Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: This episode of Status Macabre is recorded live from the Maddie Johnson Podcast Studio at GOT Sound Studio in Columbia, South Carolina. This episode is produced and engineered by Neek the Geek, owner and operator of GOT Sound Studio. To support the show, please visit statusmacabre.com for links to social media, merchandise, and more. Special thanks to Muff the Producer, Neek the Geek, Barrett Gruber. And you, our listeners, please subscribe, rate, review, and share. Thank you for listening.